Good evening, good morning, good night, good second breakfast, whenever you are, wherever you are. My name is Laura Gonzalez, and I'd like to welcome you to Lunatic Mondays on CSMP, the Circle Sanctuary Network podcast. First of all, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to everyone listening today. Today is January 12th. No, that's a lie. Today is January 9th. And um, surprise, Lunatic Mondays changed a little bit. We don't do the uh, Lunes Lunaticos. We don't do the Spanish anymore. And I just want to announce real quick that Lunatic Mondays is going to be bi-monthly on the second and the fourth Mondays of the month. And it's only going to be in English from now on. Of course, all the shows in Spanish are archived, and you can go to the archives and revisit those. And fear not, I will still have Spanish uh, podcasts done by MOA on the Paganos del Mundo platform. All of it here on the CSMP, the Circle Century Network podcast uh, home. And today, to begin the year, I have with me a wonderful artist, a dear, dear friend, a tarot enthusiast and creator. And I am very, very honored to say my friend, a fellow Chicagoan as well, Amanda Lee Stilwell. She is an artist and queer solitary witch who practices ritual, garden, and kitchen magic. Her art focuses on ritual digital collage inspired by altar spaces, vintage photography, and cult films. Welcome, Amanda. And I'm sorry if I butcher half of those words, uh, but, you know, I'm an ESL. So this is 2023. We are not apologizing anymore. Absolutely. Anyway, <laughs> welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you so much for having me, Laura. It's so nice to be here. I appreciate it so much. Um, I'm doing really, really good. It's a great start to the new year so far. Uh, just enjoying um, the the energy that uh, has been has been started this year already. It is a. I think we we have a good start of the year, uh, and. I invited you, first of all, because, you know, you have these wonderful creations, and I really wanted to talk about this tarot deck, that it is the collector's item, in my opinion. If people like music and tarot, and you don't have the new wave tarot, then are you even living? I don't know. You know, it's like, it is a, a wonderful creation uh, work of art. But before we get into actually talking about the new wave, I want to ask you two things, and you can answer in whichever way. Um, how did you get into creating through collage? And how did you get into being a witch? <laughs> Are they related? Um, I don't, I wouldn't say that they are necessarily related to answer that question first. Um, I got into collage because frankly, uh, I am a, a terrible uh, illustrator and I love art. So for me, the way that I could express myself um, was to do that through um, creating images via collage. And, and I started doing that at a fairly young age. Um, uh, it just continued um, throughout my 20s. Um, I had a, a Tumblr for the, uh, folks who remember Tumblr, um, that was all based on digital collage. Uh, and I, I had one with my friend, um, Kelly, and we would basically take, um, prompts from our readers, five different words, and we'd have to make a piece of art based on those five words using collage. And so that was what really started to grow my, um, speed of collage and like where I was pulling imagery from. Um, that was back in the sort of like, you know, 2010s um, or so. And so, yeah, my, my craft has just grown. I've, I've really delved into um, collecting vintage photography um, to basically utilize for creating collage. Um, so that's kind of like where the collage journey has been and as far as my witch background is concerned um i was actually raised in a evangelical cult 
uh, for lack of a better term, um, uh, in the sort of like 80s and 90s um, in what's uh, known as, um, you know, Dr. James Dobson uh, evangelicalism, which some folks may be aware of, some may not. Um, I was very eager to get out of that lifestyle. Um, I knew from a pretty early age that I had connections to, um, you know, earth, forest. I was uh, always playing in nature as a child and was very much drawn to, um, to that side of things. And so as soon as I really could question, um, I started to much to the dismay of my uh, family and the organization they were a part of. Um, but, uh, you know, by the time I was a teenager, I was already experimenting with um, Buckland's Big Blue Book of uh, Witchcraft. That was my first uh, taste um, when I was about 15. That was in about 1996 or so. Um, and and from there, I started learning tarot and a little bit dabbling with astrology a little bit. And then after that, got involved a little bit more with some um, ritualistic magic um, with the OTO, didn't stay around there for very long, but was just basically kind of experimenting around and finding my niche and what really worked for me. So now I'm just a solitary witch who has a lot of vials of potions and herbs and have a huge garden where I grow a lot of my own, um, you know, things to, to put in my preparations. So yeah, that's me. That is awesome. Thank you for sharing that journey with us. And I must say, uh, well, I just say we don't apologize anymore in 2023, but there is a lot of artists on this new wave uh, deck. So for those who live under a rock and have never heard of the new wave tarot or don't know what I'm talking about, let me describe it on my own words. This is a tarot deck so unique because even though we have all 78 cards, major arcana, lesser arcana, uh, people of the court, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, each card is uh, art, collage, illustration, created by Amanda. Each one of them is so unique and beautiful. And these are all obviously new wave artists. Musicians, yes. Musicians. <laughs> Where in the world do you come up with the inspiration for this one? Um, I grew up, well, you know, in my teenage years, absolutely loving um, 80s music and specifically new wave music. Um, I grew up in Houston, Texas, and one of the places that was a zone for, um, you know, anyone who could who could make it there was a place called Numbers, which was a club that still exists in Houston, Texas, um, that every Friday night had a all ages night and they played all 80s new wave. And so I basically grew up with that being the coolest music I thought existed. Um, and so that was definitely an inspiration. Uh, additionally, though, when I met my partner, um, Stacy, um, Stacy absolutely loved new wave music as well. Um, and also grew up in Houston, though we did not meet there, um, and also went to that club. And so we had this connection of loving uh, loving new wave music together. And so for a birthday present for him, the first year that we met, I made him the major arcana of the deck as a birthday present with all of his favorite artists. And our friends loved it so much that they begged me to expand the deck, uh, which I then did over the next year. Um, and it become became a very uh you know big hit um over time so that's that's how it came to be that is so great and talk about a labor of love uh to create something like that for your partner i'm sure they love it and then you decided to to come out and give it to the public correct me if i'm wrong and if i'm mistaken please this one i apologize for didn't you have two different versions for the lovers 
um, in this deck, uh, we just had the uh, Robert Smith uh, version of the lovers. So it's Robert Smith and Mary Poole, um, who is um, his wife of a million years. They've been together since high school. Um, but we did change some of the cards from the, there was a, a version one and then a version two. Um, and by we, I mean me. <laughs> um, uh, but just a few tweaks that were made, uh, just little things that were that were changed. Um, uh, got it more professionally, uh, you know, published, revamped the little pull out that that's in it just to, to give it a little more context. So, yeah, that is wonderful. I love it. And I must say, uh, as a tarot professional tarot reader, that's, that's my job. That's what I do, by the way, hire me for readings, people, uh, Calendly tarot by Laura, <laughs> that's where you can hire me. But anyway, um, they are decks that I absolutely read with and are for work and this is one that I know this is a collector item for me and I just like to look at it once in a while you know and I open it up and I just I'm fascinated by the collage artistry and how seamless you make it uh, appear you know it's almost like it's almost like it's not a collage that's how good it's made and I love it uh I, I love the, <laughs> the two of swords. Yeah. And, and this is, uh, it's Blondie, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. It's Blondie. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. So we, we, Amanda and I, decided to make this uh, show today. And it's basically a teaser for a different show. Because Amanda's coming back uh, later this year to talk about her newest baby, her newest creation. And that is called the Rosebud Tarot. And I want us, I want you to tease us a little bit about the Rosebud Tarot and why is it so new and different? And what was the creation pro process for this one? Thank you for letting me talk about it. Um, the Rosebud Tarot is um, a deck that I co-created with my friend, uh, Diana. Um, Diana is a absolutely amazing writer, poet, astrologer, tarot reader. Um, and we met through a mutual friend um, uh, here in Chicago at another tarot event. It just, the circles of how involved the, the community is get smaller and smaller. Um, and, uh, basically we connected and just felt like we really, I, I told Diana, I want to make, I want to make a new deck. I want a new deck to be in the world. And what I want from this deck is for it to be a, almost a dream, a love letter, a romantic expression to the universe. And um, Diana was incredibly on board with that, um, which was lovely. Um, we, the, to be honest, the, the, the deck took uh, three years to make. Um, it was not, it was not a quick and easy, process. It, it was uh, many, you know, years of working collaboratively in person, but also distance because we have lived in the same place, but also in very different places over the, over the three years that this deck came to be. Um, we also were both very passionate about this deck, not having hierarchical, um, uh, ways of existing. So instead of the court cards have all been, restructured um so as to not have a hierarchy to not have this this one is ruling this one is ruling this one is ruling this one we really did not want to see that um there's some amazing uh people in the tarot space who have written lengthily about why um this is a uh a new sort of way to talk about um, tarot and to interpret the cards. Um, we also did change some of the names of the majors. 
to give them a little bit more perspective um, that again, to, to, to I, I will call it queering the tarot is just a, a way to phrase it, but essentially to take out the sort of heteronormative um, perspective that has uh, certainly existed in, in a lot of tarot for a long time. And that's not to say that it's wrong to read tarot that way. We just wanted to offer a, an alternative. Um, so uh, that that's kind of like where it came from. Diana as a poet. Um, so the guidebook uh, is absolutely stunning. Mytho poetry, as she calls it, um, it, it as sort of the the ways to interpret the cards. Um, so I don't know. Does that answer? Did I get did I get everything you wanted to hear about that? I think so. And it's a very nice segue. And I'm gonna get there. So bear with me, folks. Change on hierarchy. Change on patriarchy change on oppression. Uh, I love seeing non-people of color speaking about oppression and being the voice. We all know in this society that we, the people of color, uh, people don't know Diana, she's a person of color. Uh, so am I, Amanda is not. And um, it is really interesting that people who have that privilege that was not asked for, utilize it to amplify voices. And since I've met you, that's what I know you for, is amplifying voices. For people that don't know, uh, Amanda and I met because Amanda was looking for somebody to write a spell for one of her candles. And she hired me and she paid me very well to write a spell for one of her candles. So there is a candle on her collection on her store. Uh, I don't know if it's still available or not, but it, it exists. Not, but... not anymore, but it existed. <laughs> and the funniest thing is that when I was writing the spell, instead of writing the word woman or feminine, uh, the word femme kept, kept coming to me. And when Amanda came to present me with the candle and to tell me what this was, she had named it the power of femme. And I was like, okay, well, yeah, that's that's how it was supposed to be. So I love uh, the teaser that we have with Rosebud. I know you're going to come back because there's way much more to talk about. There's a version one. There's going to be version two. Dot, dot, dot. We're going to leave that there. Uh, you'll have to be uh, aware of Lunatic Mondays and come back. Towards the end of the show, Amanda is going to be so generous. I This was planned. I'm not putting her on the spot. She's going to pull a card for us for 2023 out of the new wave tarot. But the reason I invited Amanda and the reason I named the show New Year New Wave, it was precisely to help me help each other amplify those voices. And like she was talking about changing some names of the cards and bringing light to oppression and helping uh, people who are in the so-called minorities. The name of the show for today was uh, Plain Words because everybody says, New Year, New You. And Amanda and I are sick and tired <laughs> of the oppressive, disgusting, ostracizing, abusive, violent, rampant, fatphobia that exists in this planet. And if you follow me on Facebook or if, you, or if we are Facebook friends, you know what happened to me when I went to the doctor not too long ago. And I'm disclosing this story, my medical story, because this is what brought us together to do the show. Again, she was already coming to talk about Rosebud later in the year but I, then I was like no come, come in January and let's talk about this new year BS uh, I went to the doctor for some unrelated business that had nothing to do with size or weight and as someone that offers you a candy I was offered a bypass surgery 
And I was outraged and I complained to my doctor and I was like, you're telling me I'm okay. You're telling me I don't need to take any medication. And on the same breath, you ask me if I want to get a gastric bypass, which is medical uh, abuse and violence and incredibly fat phobic. And then Amanda and I were screaming about it because you do a lot of work. I don't know if intentionally or unintentionally, um, you share a lot of stuff, looks on TikTok and, and you do a lot of um, what we do as existing as fat people, which is like speak about it and, and tell, point it out and, and talk about it. <sighs> Save me from myself, say something. <laughs> um, you know, thank you for sharing your story. It is, uh, just to, just to give some context. Uh, yes, I am a fat, white, queer woman, um, cis woman. Um, I have been entrenched in, um, anti-diet, uh, activism for many years at least 10 at this point. And I've been sharing my story as a plus size human being who loves fashion. I still, I love fashion. My original content was all about fashion, but it was about being fat and clothing to um, have. That though turned in from being less about, just about fashion and fluff to being about anti-diet and, um, body neutrality at this point, not body positivity, body neutrality, just body existence and being able to exist in this world without being um, hated for existing. Um, that that has been a huge part of my, my activism and my work um, online and in the world. Um, so yeah, I'm really happy to talk uh, to you about this. Um, and and hopefully uh, give your listeners a, an opportunity to hear what it what it means to exist uh, in a fat body. What um, what things that both people in thin bodies and people can in fat bodies can do to make changes in the world um, to not perpetuate fat phobia. Um, exactly. Yeah. The first, uh, the first thing that I will say though is no system of oppression exists without hurting those who it oppress, but also hurting those who help the system of oppression going. So when we talk about fat phobia and anti-diet culture, we're not talking about only people on fat bodies. We're talking about every buddy i could not believe my eyes but i could at the same time that two years ago when the pandemic hit and we were all held hostage on our homes people were more afraid of getting fat than dying of covid mm. i will never in my life for as long as i live i will never forget how other in fat people and bullying fat people and being violent against fat people is one of the last accepted and celebrated forms of uh, othering. And when people come and to your face tell you, oh, it's because I worry about your health. I'm like, no, you don't. You don't worry about my health because you don't worry about my well-being. You don't worry about if I have money to eat. You don't worry about if I slept good. You don't worry about my lungs. You don't worry about my mental health. Let me underline mental health. Um, you worry about me existing in a world where you want to see me thin. Mm -hmm. And I don't exist thin. It's funny because in Spanish, Amanda, People say estás, which is a way of being, like temporary. And then you say eres, which is being permanently. Mm. And it was Audrey Funk, another wonderful artist, musician, and fat phobic activist who said in Spanish, you know, I'm not temporarily fat. 
I exist permanently fat, you know, no estoy gorda, soy gorda, mm -hmm. you know, like I am the way I am. And it is incredible how the rhetoric is diets work. And in January, and thank God is it dies out very easily, uh, probably the first week of February, you already see people, quote unquote, falling off the bandwagon, bullshit. Why is the diet culture so damaging to everybody? I mean, it's damaging to everybody for so many reasons. Um, I mean, the, oh gosh, I mean, the truth, the truth is the science really shows that, that really uh, diets don't actually work long-term. Um, I think the statistic is around 95% of diets fail long-term. And, and that's, I mean, that's just talking about, you know, the, I, the concept of losing weight, but if one does lose weight over and over again, that perpetuating cycle of itself, that actually is incredibly harmful to your metabolism long-term. And, um, it, it really has long-term health effects that are extremely negative. I am not a scientist, nor am I well-versed in this. It's my knowledge is mostly, um, you know, just layman's knowledge as it were. Uh, but there are some great, um, uh, articles and uh, writing about it from um, Aubrey Gordon, who um, runs the podcast maintenance phase and who runs the Twitter and Instagram, Your Fat Friend. Um, she has a, a book coming out, I think this month that it talks extensively about the myths of um, fatness and why they are wrong. And she backs that up with anecdotal, not just anecdotal, but uh, scientific and empirical evidence. Um, and, and yeah, so it, dieting is harmful to all in that it perpetuates this notion that there is some kind of correct way of existing and there is not, uh, for all the reasons that you have already expressed, um, it, it perpetuates this myth of, um, you know, white, uh, hetero, you know, people being, you know, the most beautiful and, and the standard. And that is absolutely a hundred percent, not the case. And, and I want to add, cause I forgot to say this at the beginning that the, the women who led the original, uh, you know, anti, uh, diet sort of, you know, pro fat movements are women of color and specifically uh, a group of black women uh, started the essentially the anti-diet movement. So just wanted to make sure I say that because that is incredibly important because the all of the intersectionality that exists about these oppressive forces is it, it is certainly um, it it is even harder for people of color to get the medical care that they need. And then to add on top of that fatness and or queerness and or disability and or any of those things. And it just gets infinitely more difficult to be taken seriously and to get the care that is needed. Exactly. And it's so tiring that in, in the same, with the same breath of criticizing and ostracizing people of color, especially, you know, black and uh, indigenous people of color. Oh, well, because they're, that's their body type. That's their body. Type. There is not a one body type attached to the level of mental illness that you have, because there are a whole bunch of people who are Mexican and they're very tall, they're very thin. And there's also a whole bunch of people who are Mexican and inherit the Spanish gene and are short, because Aztec and Mayan people were very tall, but after colonization, they also brought us that gene, and that's why we're short and fat. And they are black folks that are extremely thin, and they are black folks that are very large. 
And there is not one body type attached to any kind of level of melanin and or ethnicity. And people say it on the same breath, like, oh yeah, that's because those people, those people, right? So we are those people. Uh, those people have less access to anything that could help health-wise. And oh, by the way, being thin does not equal being healthy because mm -hmm. they are extremely thin people who have heart, heart attacks or have diabetes. I mean, case in point, what happened a couple of weeks ago, this 24-year-old super healthy football player who received a was struck by his heart and went into cardiac arrest uh, uh, on the field. I can't remember the name, but it just happened. And that doesn't mean, oh, he he's an athlete. He's a thin person who is, happens to be an athlete and got hit the wrong way and boom, he went. I mean, thank God he's alive. But, you know, if people were really worried about our health, they will begin with our mental health. Mm -hmm. and they will stop othering us for being fat i will say it until i'm blue in the face um you don't tell a short person how come you're not taller mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you don't tell a tall person how come you're not shorter mm -hmm. i worry about your health the air must be too thin up there where you <laughs> you know there is no such thing um the other thing is this medical um, abuse and disparity yeah. um, because the medical ranks and numbers and statistics are all based on cis white male folks. Yeah. Yeah. The, the BMI specifically uh, was based uh, from a, a research group that has nothing to do with actual medical knowledge at all. So the BMI as a, as a tool that's being used so often in doctor's offices has literally nothing to do with actual health at all. And the fact that it continues to be used in almost every single doctor's office that any one of us walks into is really frustrating. Um, for anyone who is listening, who may not know this, you have an absolute right to refuse to be weighed. There are some very rare instances where a medication may be need to be dispensed based on your weight. You may need more of a medication or less of a medication, but it is extremely rare. So if you are asked just as a general ask when you go into a doctor's office, you can say, I do not want to be weighed. They may push back and say, blah, blah, blah. You know, we have to for insurance purposes. And you can say, please write on my chart that I do not want to be weighed and I am not accepting that as an option. They can submit that with the patient refusal. And so they get to wipe their hands of it and they don't have to deal with it. And you don't have to be put under the scrutiny of being forced to um, interact with the doctor purely based on your weight. Now, for a lot of us, myself included, who may fall into a range where you visibly appear to be a much larger person. You may not be able to fool the doctor into anything. They may still judge you based on your size, uh, but you are absolutely allowed to stop an appointment at any point in time and say, I am not comfortable with the direction this appointment is going. I would ask that I can either reschedule with another doctor or I would like to leave. And I know that's very hard for some of us. That's maybe an impossible task, but I just want to empower you that you do have the ability to do that and to um, not feel like you have to be shamed into thinking that you have to proceed in something that you feel uncomfortable with. Absolutely. And, you know, I think um, it happened to me recently, you know, when mm -hmm. I told the nurse, I don't want to be weighted. I don't want to be weighted. I don't want to know about my weight. I don't want to be weighted. She proceeded to tell me, really? Because you've lost some weight. And I'm like, God darn it. Like, you know, so it is so ingrained in the culture. This was a nurse who is, uh, I will assume, Latino, Latinx, Mexican-American. Um, 
she probably thought it was like funny to say that or encouraging perhaps like I don't care I don't care the other thing that I want to point out is when that uh, gastric bypass was offered to me like someone that offers you popcorn I did told the doctor that is incredibly fast forward that out of the blue you're telling me that the issue that I came to see you for it's okay we don't have to worry about that issue however comma you want me to go and get an intrusive surgery that is unnecessary, that is incredibly fat phobic. And I said those words to the doctor, and this was a, a very young medic. So he asked me why, and we had a conversation. And he could fire me as, as a patient as well as I could fire him as a doctor. But I was wondering, Amanda, how many people because of the power dynamics, right? Regardless of color, this is your doctor, you're the patient. I wonder how many people said, okay, okay, mm -hmm. you know, book me for a, for a gastric bypass. And how important is, yes, oh, they're the fats, talking about fat phobia again, promoting obesity. No, we're promoted advocacy for the well-being of people. Well, because the truth is, let's say you say, you know what, doctor, okay, sure, gastric bypass. Do they ever even bother to tell you all the, the medical side effects that come from having gastric bypass that are often so much worse than just remaining and existing in a fat body? Nope. Probably not. Probably not. And, and, and if a doctor ever proposes, I mean, there's also a, a lot of um, drugs currently right now that are being offered that uh, I don't know how many of you existed in the nineties, but so many drugs were being offered in the nineties for weight loss that then had long-term negative health effects. Fenfen as an example, absolutely destroyed people's hearts, literally was killing people. And it was still being prescribed. Now, I'm not suggesting that that's what's happening with some of the new drugs that are being recommended, but I'm just saying that you should always fully understand what all of the potential side effects are of something that's being offered to you and really truly understand if that's going to be like something that you really want to like weigh in both hands, like are all these side effects, like not being able to absorb vitamins for the rest of my life and having to take special from my food. So having to take special supplements because my now new tiny stomach can no longer like absorb the food properly that I'm eating. Um, it can, you can literally die in surgery. Also like people don't ever talk, like just because you you know, are having, are having a relatively like well-known surgery doesn't mean that it's a hundred percent safe. Like surgery can, can equal death for a lot of people. So like, these are the, I'm not even going to go into all the various side effects, but like, you need to be like told about these things. And most doctors are just like, oh yeah, you're going to want to lose weight. So let me just rant, like tell you to do this thing, um, without ever considering all of the myriad of side effects that go along with having a major surgery. And, you know, today we're, we're focusing a little bit like on the medical aspect of it, but there are so many other aspects in life. Uh, the disparity on uh, like clothing and access to clothing, the disparity on like even um, amusement parks that are not made for fat folks, restaurants. I hate booths. <laughs> they should disappear. They do not accommodate for all the people. Uh, and there are so many other things. However, I would like to also talk about thin people and how they can be an ally and they can help. And they can start by refusing certain things or praising people for, oh, you look better, you lose weight. Uh, I want to tell you an anecdote that happened to me. I'm very vocal about certain things uh, in my Facebook and I've transitioned to veganism it's going to be three years uh, very soon. And I know for a fact, because doctors keep telling you how much you weigh. I know for a fact that I haven't lost not one gram. Okay. I weighed the exact same weight that I weighed it before the pandemic. 
But people's brains work in a way that because I say I'm vegan, I have had people telling me, oh my God, you look so good. You've lost so much weight. I mean, the way we are brainwashed, because I'm telling you my clothes that I used to wear three years ago, I wear the exact same size and everything. So let's give each other some grace. We live in this world that is fat phobic, that is misogynistic, that is patriarchal, that is, you know, so all of us have that internalized, all of us. Amanda and I have internalized fat phobia, misogyny, colorism, et cetera, all of us. The, the good thing is that we're aware of it mm-hmm. and we fight it within and then we fight it without, but advocating by ourselves and each other. And I think that what I would like to do is to invite people especially if you have a medical situation, advocate for yourself. And if you're a thin person or if you're not like the so-called super fat or whatever, that's another kind of worms that I want to open right now. Uh, but if you are towards like the thinner side of things, uh, please refuse to be weighted, you know. And for the love of God, let's let's stop justifying our size. You know, a lot of people say, oh, yeah, I'm fat because I can't exercise because I have this medical condition or I'm fat, but I'm exercising or I'm fat, but I eat healthy. Who cares? Mm -hmm. I mean, stop justifying why you're fat. Also, fat is not a feeling. You don't feel fat. You might feel bloated today you might feel uncomfortable in your clothes today you might feel just kind of meh today but that is not that does not equal feeling fat (laughs) i fat is not a feeling i am fat i feel great today um that so just as a reminder that saying those words i feel fat is so detrimental and harmful to to people who are fat because you are equating most likely a not good sensation with the word fat. Yeah. And and the connotation and the um, context, right? Mm-hmm. Which is said, because if I tell you I have a fat wallet or that the baby is a very fat baby or that the dog has a very fat belly, then fat is okay. Absolutely. Well, when, when I, I don't know if this ha- ever happened to you, but you know, like when I'm doing, uh, cleansings to a person or a house cleansing I get out of breath and I explain to people you know part of it is because I'm moving energy the other part is because I'm fat mm-hmm. and guess what when fat people move a lot we get out of breath uh it also happens to thin people or to anybody that moves a lot you get out of breath and I say because I'm fat and people look at me and they go oh no you're not fat honey I know I'm fat it's okay you know like like you know you're tall or like like, I know I have blue hair. Like, these are facts. And and let's take up the yucky connotations to those words. Um, we're running out of time because every time you're having a good time, you're running out of time. You know. What is something that you must share today that I haven't asked you or we haven't touched into um, the topic? Oh, man, there's so much to talk about about this topic. I mean, um, you know, just I, I would love to just encourage people who, you know, all, or thinner and thin bo- thinner bodies to really um, take a moment and think about uh, interacting with, hopefully you have fat friends uh, if you're a thinner person. Um, if you invite a fat friend over to your home, make sure there's a comfortable seat for them. If you're going to go and take your fat friend to the mall, make sure that you are um, giving them an opportunity to, to go to a store, you know, when, when we, when fat people go to a mall, there's maybe about three stores we can shop at, uh, out of 50, you know, if you're going to go shopping with your fat friend, make sure that you're taking them to go get a snack and a coffee and uh, have a good time and doing something with them that is like bringing them in rather than excluding them, because it can be really awful to be excluded uh, all the time, hundred percent of the time. So just, just a word of encouragement to be thoughtful and to think about how you can make choices. Maybe 
it's worth you tagging a retailer and saying, why don't you carry anything over an extra large in your store? I was in your store today. I didn't see any sizes over a large, over a, over a medium, over an extra large. And actually like doing some of the activist work that fat people are already doing a lot of the time, it would be really nice to see thinner bodied people also supporting us in those things that are, um, you know, that would be helpful to change the world for us as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Privilege is not something that is the one asked to be born with. And there's nothing wrong with having privilege. Things go wrong when that privilege is let idly sat there. So if you have any privilege at all, take advantage of it, utilize it to magnify the voices of those that do not have that privilege. You know, speaking of privilege, a different kind of privilege, I have the privilege of having you here on the show today with your beautiful new wave tarot. And I asked her before people, please know I'm not taking advantage of her. I asked her before to pull a card for us today and to see what the new wave tarot says um 2023 why don't we say the first half because you're going to come back with the rosebud tarot for the second half oh yes so let's say what the first half of the year is going to be according to the new wave. right have it here shuffling really quickly yes First half of 2023. You know, while Amanda shuffles, I got to remind you, uh, CSMP, the Circle Center Network Podcast, has a plenty of shows for you to listen. We have Paganos del Mundo every Saturday with shows in Spanish and Portuguese. We have Nature, um, Mist, uh, Circle of Nature. I'm sorry, she just changed her show. Circle of Nature with Selena Fox once one Wednesday a month and the third week. We have Blue Marble with Charlotte Bear the third Friday of the month. On the first and the third Tuesday of the month, we have Circle Talk with Deborah Rose. And on the second and fourth Mondays of the month, we have Lunatic Mondays with yours truly, Laura Gonzalez. We have over 900 hours of podcasts that you can access to through our blog talk radio but you can also find us on stitcher spotify um itunes TuneIn, etc 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 whatever you get your podcasts and please listen to us follow us on the circle center enable podcast page on facebook csmp or csm podcasts rather and you can also find us on the circle century website www.circlecentury.org and look in the archives for CSMP. And Amanda, I think you're ready. Um, so I pulled the chariot, which uh, happens to feature Klaus Nomi uh, as the driver of the chariot and a very sphinxy David Bowie uh, duplicated for the sort of uh, pulling of the chariot. Um, what would maybe be the, I can't remember what's in the traditional Rider weight card, uh, horses, lions. Uh, it's a black sphinx and a white sphinx. Ah, yeah, sphinxes. Um, so uh, chariot is the card for the first half of the year. Uh, uh, this means that uh, forward motion, yes. The path that we are on is the path that is being lit up for us, um, having that that momentum and that uh, that movement forward. So continue on the path that you are on. Uh, I don't know, Laura, if you want to uh, add any uh, thoughts on chariot pull for the year as well. It's so funny. And for people, of course, Amanda and I are pre-recording sometime in the past. Don't worry about it. Uh, but not too far away. I mean, this, this wasn't recorded on the 1920s. It was recorded a few days before it airs. Uh, and and she's looking at me smiling because the chariot happens to be the card of the year for 2023, neurologically. So I have to agree. This is a great year for us to move forward, to kind of like bring the decisions that we've made in the past, bring them into action. Uh, we have that drive that is taking us. And in the, in the case of David Bowie as the drive, the instinct that is moving us, I think is fantastic. And 
all I have left to say is good fortune to us all in 2023. Uh, may this be the year in which we are not apologizing anymore. That just came out of me at the beginning of the show. And I think it's a great mantra. Thank you, goddess, for putting it on my lips. Uh, we're not, a, we are unapologetic. There you go. The unapologetic chariot of 2023. Amanda, all I have left is to say thank you so much for being on the show today. I am so eager to see you back uh, towards the uh, middle of the year or whenever uh, the version, the, the second version of the Rosebud Tarot comes out. And I leave you the microphone so you can say goodnight to your audience today. Thank you so much, Laura. Really, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's been an absolute joy to talk to you and um, happy new year to you and to all the listeners. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, folks. And like I told you before, uh, listen to the shows on CSMP. You can go to therosebudtarot.com to see what we're talking about. You can also find the new Wave Tarot. Um, it's still available, right? Not. it's not available anymore okay. you can find it on ebay if you are really really uh or <laughs> trying hard well if you snooze you lose so don't snooze on the rosebud tarot get your first edition the second edition will come later uh collector's items please and yes as a tarot reader i'm gonna tell you you don't have enough tarot decks yet you don't get the get the next one uh thank you all for listening have a wonderful 2023 may the divine fortune be with us all the way and that's it for me tonight see you in two weeks from today oh before i forget two weeks from today i will be at the maliway brothers doing a new moon ceremony coincidentally and this was totally accidental i promise you the podcast that will be airing at the exact same time will be an interview with Blake Maliway. It just so happened that way. So I'm going to be all Maliwayed two weeks from today. And if you want to come and join us for that new moon ceremony with the Maliway brothers, at the Maliway brothers with yours truly, you can find that information on my Tarot by Laura page or on my link tree or on Facebook or somewhere. Come join us in person. And until we see you again, never forget that you are Loved. Bye-bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.